I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Two-time Super Bowl champion, New York Giant, member of the Giants Ring of Honor, Mark Bavaro. It is my honor to host you all right here on WFAN. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. So uh, you said in your career you didn't know much about the Giants prior to coming here. So um, what was the first lesson you learned? Two big lessons, uh, three big lessons. Carl Banks, Harry Carsons, and Lawrence Taylor. They, they told me everything I needed to know about the Giants, and they – taught me pretty much in the first few days. I just realized what type of player you had to be uh, to be on that team uh, at that particular time. And, and it was, you know, a certain type of player and you had to be tough and you had to be able to keep your mouth shut, keep your ego in check uh, and, you know, not complain or whine, just do the work and buy into the program with ourselves and trust your teammates. At what point did you kind of look around and say, like, all right, I belong here? Uh, I don't think uh, I ever felt confident of that fully. Um, I, every day you had to prove uh, to yourself and to everyone on the team that you did belong there. So it was an ongoing process. About Bill Parcells, Coach Parcells, you said, I loved him right from the get-go. Um, a lot of players have told me, you know, other things about Bill Parcells, but what is it about him that you love right from the jump? Well, he, you know, he had an aura about him that I've never really experienced in any other coach that I played under. Uh, and I, it's hard to describe, you know, there was just something about him that you uh, respected, that you believed in him, um, and that you wanted to um, have his approval. So you would do things that you normally wouldn't do for other other coaches. Um, and that was especially true in my case. You know, I didn't have a long history of great coaches, especially come from Notre Dame. Uh, they were all good guys, uh, decent coaches, but they just weren't what I was looking for in a leader. In fact, the only, the only re- really good coach that I could ever um, – put up with uh, on the same pedestal as, as Bill Parcells was my youth football coach, uh, Mickey Womet. Uh, and that's surprising to say, but he was kind of like the, um, the standard I had for the type of guy that I would go all out for. And, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a statement on, on me as well. You know, that I wasn't a, a highly self-motivated guy uh, I needed I needed the right guy to to uh, kick me in the ass and get me going and uh, and Bill Parcells was that guy and when he did kick me in the ass I, I 
I didn't mind it. You know what I mean? I, I responded to it rather than, you know, resent it, which I did with other people. <laughs> What's some, um, cause I said, cause I coach, I coach myself. So like, what, what are some things that, that he kicked you in the ass? Like, how did he do it? For every guy it was different. You know, he would, he would, he would use different tactics for, for different guys. But in, in my case, what I needed was, um, him almost making me question myself as to whether I was giving it my best or whether I was putting forth my best effort. Uh, he made me look inside and admit to myself that, you know, I could do better and that I could be lazy sometimes. And, uh, I could be, uh, unresponsive to authority a lot of times. And, uh, you know, and he made me, he made me say to myself, you know, who's the most important person here at the Giants? Is it the Giant? Is it Mark Bavaro as an individual, or is it the Giants as a, a collective person? Uh, and he made me admit to myself that the team was much more important than than me as an individual. And on top of that, you know, the big thing a lot of people say, and I I do say this too, is he left me alone. I mean, he didn't he didn't bother me. You know, he didn't. He wasn't on top of me all the time. He kind of he kind of made his statements and, and let it ruminate in my head and uh, and made me come to the point of uh, yelling at myself and berating myself, uh, uh, self guilt, which I'm you know I always have a guilty conscience. I'm a good good Catholic, but um and and, and the final piece of the puzzle was positive uh, reinforcement. I had not gotten a lot of positive feedback from the coaches in my past. Um, and he was, he was one of the first guys to uh, actually give me compliments. Uh, and, you know, in hindsight, to get the first time to get real good compliments from that coach of, of that type, that level, which I, I, I feel he's probably the best coach in, in the NFL. As far as I'm concerned, I put him up there with Vince Lombardi and, Although I never played for him, but uh, I would I would put him up at that level. He's he, he's by far the best coach uh, I've ever seen, uh, especially in the NFL. So you know those th those combo combination of all those things, uh, you know it's the old cliche. You know I I went to a place that was just right for me at just the right time. It, two nouns that uh, Bill Parcells used to describe you were toughness and physicality, and you broke your jaw, you had it wired shut, you went back in the game. I know some people would say that you're absolutely insane. How would you categorize that? Uh, you know, it was a different time back then. You know, you're not, no one expects pe people to do that today. Um, but back then, you know, it wasn't that out of the ordinary. It was, it was just a matter of, you know, could you do it? And uh, I, know, I know he was hesitant to to put me back in because I, I didn't have it. Why at the time it was just broken in the middle of the game. Um, and he hesitated to put me back in, but I think he saw, you know, he asked me, are you ready to go? And I said, yeah, I'm ready to go. And, you know, honestly, if I wasn't, I, I wouldn't have gone in. It wasn't, it wasn't that extraordinary what I did. It was, it was just, I was able to do it. So I did it. If I wasn't able to do it, I wouldn't have gone. And he wouldn't have forced me to. How did you keep your playing weight up? Uh, a lot of, um, you know, for like for the first week, you know, all I ate was like ice cream and, and milkshakes. And we had this, 
thing called nutriment back then. It was kind of like ensure uh, today, you know, these real thick calorie laden things in a in a can. Uh, so, and I love those things, and I love ice cream, obviously, and milkshakes, and uh, so I had a good time for the first, you know, four or five days. But you know, you realize all like you tell your kids, you know, you, you can't just eat dessert. You know, you need you need some meat and potatoes, and uh, so I got a blender finally. And my trainer at the time, uh, Ronnie Bond, was was the trainer, and the assistant trainer was Jimmy Madalino. And Jimmy would bring me food. Uh, we would go out to dinner a lot. He would he would come back with with food uh, for me. Um, and the first meal I had in the blender was uh, eggplant parmesan. It was the best eggplant parmesan soup I've ever had. <laughs> oh, well, I, I had to ask you too, being Sicilian myself, how strong of a connection do you feel to your Italian heritage? Uh, very strong. You know, I mean, I we're not like ultra Italians, you know what I mean? Um, I used to ask my grandparents about it. You know, they both, both my grandparents were, um, both sets of grandparents were from Italy. And they used to say, listen, if, you know, if it was that great, we wouldn't have left in the first place. So, I mean, you know, they said, don't idolize it. You know, it's so I, I and they never taught me Italian. You know, when they, they wanted to not know what they were saying, they would speak Italian and they wouldn't. They wouldn't help me understand anything. Even when I asked one time, they were like, no, nah, you'll never understand. It's, uh, we don't speak Italian. We speak dialect. Yeah. Uh, so don't worry about it. So I did, you know, as a kid, you're like, who cares, you know? Um, but looking back, you know, I wish I had taken advantage of, of their time, I, my time with them. You know, they were, uh, they were quite extraordinary people um, and, and, very, and very different. You know, my, my mother's parents were very different than my father's parents. Uh, and it was a lot of it had, had an age, uh, it was an age thing. You know, my, my mother's father was like, you know, he, he fought in World War I. For America. Um, and my father's father was probably 20, 30 years younger than him. You know? So two different takes on Italian American culture uh, for me, uh, even though they lived in the same neighborhood in East Boston. But yeah, I was always very, very connected to my Italian roots. And I think that's kind of why um, I had a lot of support in on the Giants, because obviously there are a lot more Italians in New Jersey than around Boston. And uh, they were a great support system for me. I read somewhere in some book along the lines that there used to be a couple of Italians that used to wait by your car at the end of games with sandwiches and stuff. Is that a true story? Yeah, I mean, guys, people would, would hang out. You know, back then there was no players parking lot and there was no security or anything. So you, you come out, you never know who was sitting on your car. And mine was easy to spot because it was a piece of junk. So they got to know which one was mine. And uh, yeah, some guys would have food. And then, then I had I had you know, good friends that I had met down there, the, the Nisticos, um, down from Westport, they owned a restaurant called the Red Barn and they had another restaurant called the, the Arrow. Um, big Italian guys, you know, big into feeding, you know, people. And yeah, so they would come, they would bring buckets of gravy, buckets of sausage, buckets of meatballs, big tubs of lasagna. I mean, when I first got married, um, and my wife, you know, she's, She's a great cook now, but back then she didn't know what she was doing. So I would come home from practice and there'd be a, you know, a, a skinless uh, chicken breast with 
wild rice and this thin like sauce that she would just kind of pour over. I was like, I go, listen, I'm hungry. You know, I, I need food. <laughs> uh, and so those guys, the, the Nistikos, uh, they, they would, they actually fed me probably for the first two or three, four years until my wife got up to speed. <laughs> the greatest tight end in Giants history, Mark Bavaro, joins us on the fan. Uh, the Giants had two legacy games this year. I was at one of them. They had your era uniforms, end zone paint, uh, and to be honored this way, for your teams to be honored this way, what did that mean to you? Uh, it's it's nice to be remembered. I mean, honestly, when I think of the Giants, you know, I, I don't think of what they look like now. I don't I don't like their uniforms. Uh, I don't like the new stadium, really. I mean, it's it's nice and all that. I'm not saying anything bad about it. But uh, when I think of the Giants, I think of, the, you know, that old stadium at the Meadowlands. I think of those, you know, those great uh, uniforms with the giant on the side of the helmet. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think it's a, more of a treat for the fans because I, I think that's what the Giants should look like today. Uh, and especially now that they look like they might be on the rise, it might be time to get back to the, you know, the old winning uniforms. I completely agree with you. Uh, the, the current Giants uh, general manager, Joe Shane, who's constructing all this, right? He said, this is a quote I'm going to read it to you. He said, my dad would take me down to the Notre Dame blue and gold game. And I met Mark Bavaro when I was probably like four years old. And he said, my mom is still trying to find that picture. But from then on, I was a Giants fan because of Mark Bavaro. And that's the GM, Joe Shane. So I guess, A, can you let Mama Shane off the hook? Have you been able to recreate that picture with Joe yet? Uh, no, I haven't been to the to the uh, stadium in, since the, the changeover. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope to go down uh, next year. I'd love to meet him. I mean, I, I've heard the story as well, and um, you know, it's it's pretty cool. I didn't. It just goes to show you, you you, ne you be nice to everybody because you you never know who who you're meeting. Your thoughts on being the reason why people are are Giants fans, especially back in the day. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know about that. It's, um, you know, you, you got to remember, I, I, I played with, you know, Lawrence Taylor, you know, Carl uh, Banks, like I said, Harry Carson, George Martin, Bill Sims, Joe Morris, you know, Jim Burt, um, you know, all these, all these great players and, and players that, you know, you, you normally don't, um, don't, don't, don't come to mind when you think about those times, guys like, Lionel Manuel, Bobby Johnson, Curtis McGriff, Dee Hardison, Jerome Sally, you know, Terry Kennard, Perry Williams. I mean, the list goes on and on. These guys were all great players and people were giant fans, not because of one of them, because of what we were all were together. Except probably you could say that about Lions Taylor. There were a lot of giant fans just for Lions Taylor. Being elected to the Pro Bowl twice yourself, it's evolved, or maybe some people say devolved in the eyes of some, but now the Pro Bowl is a primetime skills competition. It's a flag football game. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I always thought the, the Pro Bowl was, was a waste of time. It's, it's just not the kind, the kind of sport that you're, that lends itself to an all-star game. It's, it's the same reason people, you know, in old age don't, put on full pads and, and have a full contact football league that they go play at like they do in soccer or even hockey or in basketball. Yeah. It's not a sport you can half-ass, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be serious. You gotta, you gotta 
be, you know, at the top of your game, whenever you step on a football field, I mean, you, you literally could get killed, you know, if you're not, if you're not up to speed on things. Um, and, you know, think about the Pro Bowl back when I played, it was, it was a week after the Super Bowl. So that meant there were a lot of players out there that hadn't put on a, on, on a set of pads in over a month, you know, you just don't, you just don't go from the couch to suiting up and playing against the best players in the league yeah. uh, without some trepidation. So yeah. some guys are taking it halfway. Other guys were wanting to prove themselves. You, you never knew what was going on. I only played it once. So, I mean, I'm not an expert at it, but um, I remember Andre Tippett from the Patriots. I mean, he had a chance to take my head off. Uh, I was running down on kickoff, which I normally didn't do. That's the other thing. You know, you play positions that you don't usually play. And he very graciously made it known that he could have taken my head off, but he did not do it, and which, which I was forever grateful for. So, you know, things like that, you know, can lead to, can lead to a lot of problems. So it doesn't make sense. I mean, the flag football thing, I mean, why, why even have it? I, it's, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Just name the team and be done with it. You know, I, I didn't go to the second one. George Young, you know, he, he said, you better go. And I was like, well, I got a, I got an injury that I got to take care of. And I want, I'm not going to postpone it until after the Pro Bowl. I want to get it done now. And uh, he said, oh, I'm warning you better not do it. I mean, I love George Young, but you know, he wasn't my boss, you know, Parcells is my boss. I didn't listen to anybody, but, but Bill and um, I didn't go and nothing happened. <laughs> Mark Bavaro joins us on the fan. Um, Mark, about two weeks ago, there was a clip that surfaced online on Twitter. It's got 200,000 views almost. And it bothered me. It bothered a lot of Giants fans. And it was this guy, Colin Cowherd. And he said the quote was, many of the big players in the big games for the Giants are forgettable. And the first person he named was you. And people were in an uproar. What comes to mind when you hear something like that? Uh, I I haven't heard that. I don't know who he is, Colin Cowherd. But I'll look him up and uh, I'll find out what the context was. But um, uh, who cares? You know, we we won. We all made big plays. We got two rings. I mean, how many rings does Colin Cowherd have? Why would I care what he says? What's it like to win in New York and New Jersey? Uh, I think it's the best. You know, the old saying: you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And, you know, when you're doing well and, and you got the fans behind you, there's so many of them for one thing. And, and, you know, in my book, that saying is true. You know, I think it's the hardest place to, to make it. I think it's the hardest place to have success and to, to distinguish yourself from amongst the crowd because the crowd's so huge that if you can do it, you know, it lasts a lifetime. You know, ask the 86 Mets, you know. Ask the 69 uh, Jets still, you know, they're still going strong. Uh, it's really special. And, and I would agree with Colin Coward if we hadn't won um, the championships. But Giant fans don't forget who made the big play. Giant fans this day remember Bobby Johnson on 4th and 17 against Minnesota uh, in our Super Bowl drive there. And it, it's the best. And for someone to say that, Anything in those championship teams was forgettable. It wasn't a giant thing. I know you finished your career there. You can't be rooting for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, could you? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I played two years for the Eagles. Uh, I had a great time there. I don't have anything against them anymore. And I do like them. I like the way they play. Oh, sorry, but they they do. I like NFC East. Uh, they're, they're playing tough football. They're playing the football kind of like I remember. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs don't. You know, I don't like that style of football. And I would like to see a team like the Eagles win and prove that it's time to go back to strong running games, tough physical teams, great defense, uh, all that instead of this, you know, to me, it's like one and shoot uh, offense, you know, that, yeah. which proved to be a disaster back in our day. You couldn't do it. You know, obviously, I guess today it's, it's all the rage or it has been for the last 20 years just because the game has become less physical. Sure. Final question is uh, Bill Belichick said, I don't think Mark Bavaro has ever gotten the recognition that any of us that coached him or played with him know that he deserves. So what's your legacy? Uh I'm not sure, you know, but as far as recognition goes, um, I, I, I've gotten plenty of it as far as I'm concerned, you know, and especially from when you get it from Bill Parcells, you know, and you get it, I got, I get it from Bill Belichick, you know, I mean, these are, these are the two greatest, you know, Belichick's going to go down as the greatest uh, coach in NFL history from a production standpoint. I mean, no one's ever going to match what he did. But then you got Bill Parcells, who I think is the greatest coach in the NFL, period. But those two guys alone, for them to say, hey, you know, Bavaro was a good player. What else do you need? Who cares what, um, what's, what a sports writer says, you know, someone who's never played the game, someone who's never really been around players, someone who doesn't really even understand what, what goes on in the game. Um, no. The, the the recognition from Parcells and Belichick is is more than I'll ever need. Well, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time for me. My pleasure. Thank you, Daniel. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.